society's creation of a man with a heart of stone. It's just the expected. He loves being rejected, and now he's all alone. Having a bad dream, love. Whoa, was I? <laughs> Sorry, guys. You woke me up. I need me rest, me. If you want a repeat of last night. Yeah, me and all. Oh, sorry, lads. Sorry. I'm here as well. Who are you? Who is she? Cheeky cow. I come all the way back here. Hang on, love. Who are you? Were you at the club? No. I was already here from the night before. You asked me back, Rosie. Gentlemen and lady, please. I have a very long day tomorrow and I need my sleep. Can we please stop fighting and get some shut-eye, hmm? Yeah, okay. Uh, no, wait, I need a piss now. Oh, God. You're listening to Bick and Hole Radio. A Bick and Hole in One. Bick and Hole Radio. Pick and Hole News. News for locals with me, Barbara Dish. Many residents came out in force today to protest the opening of Bickenhole's first ever LGBTQ nightclub. 
Bertie's has come under intense scrutiny since it was announced that the beloved Bickenhole landmark Whole Trinity Church was earmarked as its permanent home. Locals say it's a travesty and a mark of the devil himself. But the new owners of the nightclub claim it's advantageous, as many of the church's staff still work there. Fuck me. I've got to get another job, mate. This share was just a fucking waste. Oh, not this again. No, seriously, right. Remember yesterday when some old git called in to tell me his psoriasis had spread to his ballsack? He thought I was the village pharmacist for fuck's sake. Yeah, but you helped him, didn't you? Oh, yeah. I advise them to keep it lubricated. That's what you got to do, see. But it's only because I know from experience. Yeah. Hey, wait. Speaking of itchiness, aren't you seeing that fella tonight? Oh, I don't know. He's a bit... bizarre. I thought that's why you liked him. Well, yeah, but there's no job description. I mean, take the other night, right? We were back at mine, big lights off, you know. He wanted me to eat pastrami off his... face, right? Now, I like pastrami, I do. But I can't be doing with picking the beard hairs from me teeth afterwards. You know oh, what I mean? God, you need to get tested, you. Shut it, will ya? Besides, you can't get gonorrhea from a beard anyway. Can ya? You can. And besides, I meant your brain. Oh, God, yeah. Tell me something new. I wish something, anything exciting would happen. You may be in luck, my diseased little friend. Take a butcher's at this beauty. Well, what do you want me to do with this? Hang on. Thank you, Barbara. How you managed to get through that without sedation, I'll never know. Now, burning dilemma on everyone's lips. Would you rather die of the runs or hiccup yourself to death? I'll be hearing from you after this. Introducing the new BDSM ASMR podcast. Tighten those knots and loosen up. I still don't know what you want me to do with this. Give it to the guy with the runs. He's going to call again. No, we help him. This would help him. Okay, ow. Good evening, you lovely, lovely lot. Thank you for tuning in. It's a gorgeous evening here in the greenhouse. Neil and I are with you until 10pm tonight. At 9 we'll be doing your dedications. But remember, keep them clean, guys, yeah? We will also be joined in the studio by local WI organiser, Margaret Whitlow, who quite unbelievably holds the world record for... producing belly button fluff. And has begun selling her own line of fashionable knitwear from it. Neil, grab me the hip flask, would you? Also, be cracking open the greenhouse window. Back after this. Let the bicken see the hole. Bicken Hole Radio. I know what you're thinking, and before you say it, I had nothing to do with it. I swear, I don't even pick the guests anymore. I'm gonna go right now and buy you the warmest, tightest range of naval lint budgie smugglers that woman has to offer. Oh, it's a waste of time. My mum knows her. She's already bought me the full set. Snood and matching gloves. Everything. Hey, did you respond to that guy on Twitter earlier? 
I told him to give us a call, yeah. You haven't? Yeah, why not? We are a call-in show. I'll tell you, shall I? Sit back, relax, okay? One, I'm not a fucking therapist, Neil. I'm already a pharmacist. May as well open up my own fucking doctor's practice. Two, right. Look, if he's listening, he'll hear you asking for callers, right? So what's stopping him anyway? He obviously needs to talk. Yeah, two professionals, Neil. Not you and me. Uh, may I remind you, we won a Bickenhole Local Radio Award of Excellence for Community Wellbeing last month, did we not? I still think they called out the wrong name. Well, Barbara Dish wasn't too happy, was she? Look, it won't hurt. We need this. Good for ratings. I suppose. But hey, just warn me beforehand, OK? Not like last time when you suddenly had an aversion to call screening. It was a farce. Yeah, it was kind of fun. Right up to the point when the surprisingly chatty woman from Bickenhall's Stroke Survivors Club called in. Was like having a conversation with Joseph fucking Merrick. A big, big thank you to Margaret there. And that yarn bombing club sounds bloody great. Good on ya. Better to be a yarn bomber than a suicide bomber, am I right? I'd have to ask around on that one. Next up, we shall open the greenhouse window. Is it me or is it hot in here? Back in five. It's most definitely you. Did you actually just make a suicide bomber joke or have you spiked my tea again because, as you put it, I needed to loosen up? Fucking hell, do you think they'll mind? By they, do you mean the Radio Standards Commission that not only fund this show but have links with anti-terrorism organisation Disarm? Nah, they'll be sound, I'm sure. As we're on the subject of controlling narcissists, though, did you see that guy after? Course I did. Anna's mate, fucking obsessed, aren't I? Although, <laughs> you'll like this. No, I won't. They were out of pastrami in the Asda, apparently, right? So he only goes and brings the frozen fucking chicken over instead. <laughs> Whoa, hang on. I thought the other guy liked pastrami. Um, there was Adam, Tat... Well, yeah, the all do. Nah, uh, let, let me guess. Uh, you've all contracted salmonella and possibly some sort of rare strain of E. coli? Because, uh, I don't know, you used its beak as some sort of kinky, sacrificial nipple clamp? No, we fucking ate it. With a nice Caesar and some crusty bread, if you must know, judgmental dick. Bickenhole Radio. Um... Yes. Oh, hi there. Um, just a sec. Um, can I put you on hold? Yep. Thank you. Uh, thanks. Yo, chicken licking. It's him. Who? Him. You know, the paper, the, the, the tweeter, you know, the guy who needs help. Oh, great. A vast improvement. Suicide bombers to suicide watch. He sounds all right. He may not be that bad. He will be. It's us, ain't it? Hello. Yeah, hi. Um. So, yeah, after we go to a little break, we'll open up those lines and get you on. Yep. 
yeah, that's fine. Yeah, Rosie can chat with you about that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so what name do you want to use then? Okay, sure. No problem, mate. Uh, leave it to us. Oh, no, 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 no. It's fine, fella. No. You're in good hands with Rosie. <laughs> Hold the line, matey. Oh, cheers. Relax. He's all right. Oh, yeah. And he's called Dave. Oh, so we finally get a name. Oh, no, it's not his real name. Why do I have to call him Dave, then? Because he wants to protect his identity. Protect his identity? What the fuck's he done? Every fucker knows everything about everyone here. No, we'll find out soon, won't we? But why Dave, though? Couldn't it be something more... I don't know, sexier? Mm. Like... Hello. The Mitri. Column? Hang on, he's a murderer, isn't he? Or the real Big Park pervert? I knew it, we're all going to die! Don't be so ridiculous. You know his real name is Pat Noggin. He's called him before, remember? He's on after Dave. But why? The park's locked after eight. Yes, folks, that sound can only mean one thing. Our greenhouse window is officially open. Oh, just look at it. It's like the gaping chasms of the Grand Canyon, as wide as James Corden's trap. Let's get over to the callers. I believe we have Pedro on the line. Pedro, are you there? It's Dave. We have Dave. Ah, yes, Dave now. For those who haven't seen it yet. We have had a tweet from our Dave prior to the show today, and I can see a few of you have retweeted it. Thanks for that. But we've had a natter to him, and it seems things aren't going so well for him at the moment. So we've got him on the line now. Dave, would you like to discuss things? Anything. This is noggin, you idiot. What? Bad reception in the park. Everyone knows that. No, it's not. It's Dave. Talk to him. It can be hard to talk sometimes, Dave, but here in the garden, we are a friendly bunch. Mostly. David? Oh, we've lost Dave. Um, whilst Neil calls them back, let me say, if you're planning on calling in, guys, please, please, please ensure you have signal. Don't stand in the park or under a tree. How are we getting on, Mr Folden? Any luck for our listeners? The natives are getting restless here. I think we've got Dave back. I'm getting a thumbs up from Mr Folding. Ain't you got really small thumbs? <laughs> Dave, the man himself. Are you receiving us now? What the fuck just happened? That power's out the whole station. Pub? Yep. I feel kind of bad for leaving Dave like that. Oh, fuck him. He didn't answer, did he? All right, love. Who's that? Dunno, knows me though, doesn't he? Isn't it your brother? Oh, shit, yeah, it is. Buzzing here. Great, some talent out tonight. Look at the line at the bar. We're never going to get served. Now, sit there. No, not there. There. 
I'll get you a drink. What are you having? Kahlua and a Diet Coke. Gotta watch my figure. I can watch that for you, darling. Cheeky cunt. <laughs> Kahlua and Diet Coke, please, and uh, a lager. Oh, fancy seeing you here. Oh, hi. You are right? Right, I'm out with three of the lads. Oh, that's good. Josh here somewhere. Good, good. Uh, he? He's alright. He said he tried to call you. Did he? <laughs> yeah, I'll get him for you now. Oh, no, no, you don't need to do that. Okay, he's over there anyway. With your friend Rosie, isn't it? Um, Listen, there's a seat over there by the window. You'll like it over there. Um, why don't so, we... how do you two know each other? We met here, didn't we? About uh, a year ago. I think so. When did you come here without me? I can't remember. Listen, oh, I'm not feeling too well. Um, I'm going to go home. Um, here, have my lager. I'll go right. Oh, no. No, I'm, I'm fine, thanks. So long, traitor. It's <sighs> oh, alright, really. Kind of sweet. He looks after me. He does, yeah. Not like as in, he's me carer. I'm not tagged or not. Just wish he could find someone. Does he need someone? Everyone does, don't he? Maybe. He's too picky. What if? He's never been with anyone. I've known him for years. He's never expressed any interest, not even in me. Straight up, I mean, come on. Every guy in here is looking at me right now. Has he uh, ever said anything to you about who he likes? No, I don't think so. He's much more reserved about that stuff. Yeah. Shy, shy, shy. This is Rosie B. You know what to do. Good morning. This is a message for a Miss Sparfield. My name is Dominic Richardson of Howland Sons Solicitors in Bickenhill. I've received a call from the CPS this morning and need to liaise with you at a more convenient time in relation to a matter of some urgency regarding your case. If you could call me back, please, I would be very grateful, and we can arrange a meeting. Many thanks. Bye-bye for now. You're listening to Bickenhall Radio. Hello and welcome once again to another evening in the greenhouse with me, Rosie Barfield, and my ever-doting producer, Neil. Say hi, Neil. Hi, Neil. Oh, I'm so pleased that the medication seems to be working this time. Okay, 
This evening, we will be answering your emails, tweets, texts, calls, the lot of it. It seems our caller that never was, Dave, from last night, has made quite an impression on you lot. So, Dave, if you're listening, mate, our window's open at 9pm later, and we can, power outage permitting, get you on tonight. Back after this. Next to the breast, radio's the best. Bickenhall Radio. How many calls is that now? Um, 17. Oh, 18. That's fucking mad, innit? We haven't had this many calls since I ballsed up the weather girl's name. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Uh, what was it again? Jill Doe. Oh, yeah. So, we're trying again tonight, getting him on like. Oh, look at you now. Yesterday, you didn't want him on at all. Yeah, well, I feel a lot better today. Ah, scored last night then, did you? Hey, come on then, who with? It wasn't chicken tonight again, was it? No, and no one says scored anymore, you square. It was Josh. Josh? Oh, yeah, long story. This morning, though, right, I got up, went to the bog... I could see a reflection of myself as a pissed, and I thought, I look like fucking Anne Whittaker, right? So I thought, I gotta sort myself out. And no word of a lie, I went to put my hair up, and the entire chicken nugget fell on the floor! <laughs> Came in handy, actually, as he didn't have anything in. But, Josh, the guy that was chatting to you last night, That Josh. Yes, fucking hell. What's with all the questions? No, nothing, just surprised. That's all. I didn't think he'd be your type. My type? Do I look like I have a type? Okay. I just didn't think you'd be his type then. What the fuck do you know about his type? Nothing. Shut it then. (laughs) He's quite funny really, isn't he? He pretended he didn't want me to come round. Felt awkward about touching me. So he said, I've heard them all. Well, maybe he didn't. Yes, Neil. I did think that as he pummeled me so mercilessly. Did he hurt you? What? Of course he did. I asked him to. Look, I'm just looking out for you. I just don't understand why anyone would do that. Especially him. He'd had a few just making sure he didn't take advantage. Look, my life is my own, okay? I'll do what I want with whom I want. It takes two to tango. And besides, did you see the last guy who tried to take advantage of me? Look, I just don't want you to get hurt. I appreciate that, but what do you know about hurt? Let's leave it there, shall we? I don't need any more judgement in my life, okay? That's all I've ever had. I need you to be there, sat in the corner, your dopey ass, rolling your eyes at things I say. I need you to have me back, not stab me in it. Look, I'll never do that. I can't speak for anyone else, though. Then don't. I'm fine. Okay. Did you know, I often wonder whether Channel 5 would be interested in a documentary about your exploits? Why Channel 5? Oh, you know why you'd be on Channel 5. Is Channel 5 still going? It's clinging on. Although I'm not entirely sure how. Mr Folding, are you someone whose nightly activities consist of watching... What is it? Fraggle Rock. 
have the occasional danger wank before your dear old mother comes in with yet another big old cup of tea and mint viscounts. Are you the big corduroy Casanova still trying to cast judgment on my life? I hope for your sake your life insurance is up to date. Um, nope. Just my inoculations. Fuck you. <laughs> nah, come on. You're my best mate, aren't you? Besides, I know too much about you. I know where they're buried. You don't know everything. <laughs> I know as much as I can stomach. Anyway, if you do need to talk about anything, I'm here, okay? You're on in five seconds. That's still enough time to kick your ass. Welcome back. Now, as many of you will know, local elections are nearly upon us and therefore it'll soon be time to get out there and cast all important votes that could shape the future of this wonderful community we have in Bicken Hall. To help make up your minds, we have Bucky's favourite conservative candidate, Roland Blythe Esquire III, in the studio, who will be talking about his latest bid to close all of Bicken Hall's food banks. Should he be elected? If you ask me, this is the dynamism we need in Bicken Hall. Now, the news with Barbara Dish, and my, my, she really is. This is Bicken Hall Radio News. News for locals with me, Barbara Dish. Do you think he'll really close all the food banks? Yeah. I went to his campaign party, didn't I? Champagne, caviar, the works. He had that certain determined look in his eye. You know? Which one? The one that droops ever so slightly lower than the other? You really don't like Tories, do you? As people? No. As politicians, though? Uh, no. As lovers? Well, I wouldn't know. I bet you've kissed a Tory, haven't you? I'm bound to have. There was that investment banker, Rory, you know, the one with the house in Henley on Thames, our collector. Do you think he was a Tory? Yeah. You're probably right. And please, lower your eyebrow. Next on Channel 5, Rosie Barfield is in search for love. But there's one very strict rule. They must be Mr. Right. Wing. Find out how she gets on in re-smog. Marry a void. <clears throat> and later, that lovable Ramona Neil Folding and the short little Danish fella welcome 12 new contestants into the tent of the brand new series of the Great British Flake Off. Flake? I find that really offensive. Of course you do, because you're a flake. Why am I a flake? Because you're an absolute idiot. You constantly just keep talking. You should listen to yourself. Ah, what a classic. Thank you all for joining us in what is yet another gorgeous evening in The Greenhouse. As avid listeners of the show would know, this week we've welcomed Dave into the garden and we wanted to get him on tonight, but we've had this from him instead. It reads, Thank you, Rosie, and Neil, of course, for taking the time to try and chat with me last night. It really does help. People have always encouraged me to talk about issues I have been having and it's not easy. Truth is I have suffered with crippling anxiety and depression for some time and my life has taken a detour so to speak that I'm not coping with well at all. I feel I have nowhere to turn and no one to talk to about it. I haven't been in this area for very long and lack any form of friendship. 
I live in a bit of a hovel, as it's all I can afford, with a few other people who I don't seem to be getting on with. And your show is a pleasant distraction from my thoughts. It's okay, though. I have a partially full bottle of whiskey with my name on it. Actually, I have two. Mainly because it's the only thing that gets me to where I need to be, as quick as I need to get there. The feeling is soothing. I feel as if I'm not really me. And I can live with that. Just about. Sadly, though, I'll live to regret it tomorrow morning. It's a funny thing, life. You come into this world crying, and I imagine you leave it in just the same way. I'll leave you now with this. Now that's my ladder. Gone. I must lie down where all the ladders start. In the foul rag and bone shot of the heart. Yeet. Kind regards. Dave. Dave. Thank you for that message. We're here for you. Our audience will listen to any old tripe. (laughs) Let's face it. They've listened to us prattle on for, what is it, four years now. Give yourself a break if you can. We'll get you back on soon, yeah? Chin up, hun. This is for you. (sighs) Fuck me. Look at me. Look at me now. Do I look depressed? I feel like it's dripping off me. Do you think we should put a disclaimer on at the end of the show, like... If you've been affected by... Uh, it wouldn't hurt. Um, but are there any depressed people in Bickenhole? Apart from Dave, you and me? Right, I need a drink. Coming down the pins? We've got another hour of the show. Oh, fuck. Hang on. Where's my gift flask? Can you pass me phone? Top. We are on the fence right now, seeing what you've been tweeting to us. Um, let's see. Okay, so we've got a message from Ad Bikini Holes a Goal. Oh, I see. It says, Guys, what's your thoughts on flat earthers? And this is a message for my favourite horticulturist, Rosie. Can I come and trim your bush, darling? Uh, darling, spelt without the G at the end there. Um, okay. Well, Rosie's not here right now, so I'll pass this very important message on. But a friendly bit of advice, mate. Wear some gloves. (laughs) Uh, Flat earthers. Well, I'm a keen believer that everyone has a right to free thought, no matter how ludicrously idiotic it may be. I hope that's the answer you wanted, any hole. Judging by your Twitter profile pic, probably not. Um, I'd love to hear Rosie's views on this. Rosie! Ah, here she is, Dame Judy Wench herself. Feeling any better? We've had a tweet. Flat earthers, recommend? Oh, yeah. Light, comfortable. I wouldn't wear anything else on me feet during this kind of weather. What? I knew it would be good. Back after this. The man from the radio, he say yes. Bick and Hole Radio. You all right? Yeah. 
Sure? Yeah, I said. Hmm. You look as though you've contracted bird flu, judging by your meat-related fetishes. I know that's not too far-fetched. <laughs> the police just called me. Why? They want me to come into the station. Tonight. I thought that was all over. Not that you ever said too much about it. Me too. Well, what did they say? Not much. I don't suppose they can over the phone. Do you want me to finish the show? No, no, it'll just be some forms to sign. You want me to come with you? Nah. Nah, come on. Let's get this show done. What is it to be this evening, then? What manner of absurdity will befall us? <sighs> I know what I'll do. Oh, what? Liven things up. Get your mind off things. Oh, shut up. I don't need that. You're making me sound like bloody Dave. Oh, and what's wrong with that? I don't know. Oh, come on. No cool screening. Quick fire calls as they come. Bound to be a few big uns. Juicy ones, too. Oh, I don't mind a big juicy one, mate. Oh, so they say. That makes you safe then, doesn't it? Welcome, welcome. It's that time again, where we open up the lines and discuss what really makes you tick, bich. Remember, folks, whether you're in a rut, a cheating slut, or secretly taking it up the bus, we don't judge, not in my garden. All right, who's on line one? Hello. Hi, who is this? It's Brian. Hi, Brian. What can we do for you? Yeah, I'd like to report a missing show. Who do we have on line five? Good evening, my love. My name is Marjorie. Hello, Marjorie. Thanks for the call. What can we help you with? Well... I'm a 67-year-old widower, dear. I was rather hoping I could advertise for a bit of companionship, you know. Someone to play bowls with, have a chippy supper with, or a nice bit of cock. If my show could do that, Marjorie, I wouldn't be here presenting it. Goodbye. You're on the air. Hello, Rosie. Hello, mysterious caller man. What can I do for you? Oh, well done. Congratulations. That's a very brave thing to do, my friend. Keep it going, Chuck. Cooking on gas tonight, me. Next. Uh, hi. Hello there. You don't sound scary or insane. Please tell me you've got something interesting to chat about. Um, I'm not sure about that. Um... I couldn't sleep, so I thought I'd, um, give you what you wanted. You sound like my kind of man. Where have you been all my life? What's your name, love, and how can we help? Uh, well, I'd like to talk about a few things, if I can. Some, a little delicate. My name is, um, Dave. And 
Thanks for contacting Bick and Hole Radio. We are on the air right now, but please leave a message with your name and number and we'll call you back. Hey, yeah, my name's Gary and I'm pissed off. Do you actually think some loser moaning about his life is entertainment? It is not. You must be out of your fucking minds there, this shite. Everyone has fucking depression. He ain't the only bastard. He needs to grow the fuck up. And I tell you this, I'll not be turning in again until this horse shite's off the air. Do you hear me? Toss us! Hi, my name's Laura from Bick Hampstead Village. I listen to your show every evening and I was blown away by your caller Dave last night. I just wanted to commend you really as a station for reaching out to him. What he said about his family life and his depression is awful, and I'm sure there's more. You've given him that platform and outlet to release these demons. My partner Paul has depression, and he would never do what Dave has done. But he was listening to it. I'd hate for him to ever feel like Dave and not be able to talk to me about it. You've opened up a lot of people's eyes. Well done, and keep up the good work, guys. This is Bick and Hole Radio News, news for locals with me, Barbara Dish. Local children have been evacuated from Hole High School this morning following an outbreak of herpes that is thought to have been brought into the school by a careless student teacher. This particular strain of herpes, contracted through sport contacts such as rugby, is otherwise known as scrum pox and is highly contagious and could mean the school is closed for at least a month. I caught up with the head of Hull High School, Mr John Edwards, earlier today and asked him if he'd been rubbing up against any men recently. Sorry, what? Please leave, you're a f***ing menace. F***ing go! Parents are said to be outraged at the proposed closure, having already endured another earlier this year, fraught with yet more scandal. In February, emergency services were called to what locals reported to be a raucous rave being held in the school grounds after home time. PCs Henry Black and Malcolm White from Bickenhole Constabulary recall the moment they found disgraced dinner lady Tracy Hart in what they describe as a pink custard-induced coma, whilst several teachers indulged in extracurricular activities. The accused, and dubbed Whiteboard Orgy 6, were suspended after all three teachers fell pregnant and all applied for maternity leave simultaneously, causing huge staffing problems. Food tech teacher Miss Anita Dick, 47, sociology teacher Miss Lucenus, 23, and foreign languages teacher Miss Olivia Klausoff, all deny charges of sexual misconduct and have dropped their accusations against the head, who is rumoured to be involved. It seems the head was worth it then. Over to our floozy with the newsy, Lucy Nossett. Lucy. Thank you, Barbara. You join me live at the very heart of our community, the Obelisk Shopping Centre, where I've been speaking with a number of locals this afternoon about our very own presenters, Rosie Barfield and producer Neil Folding host of the popular evening show, The Greenhouse. They find themselves in a bit of a pickle this afternoon, as hordes of angry locals tells me that during last night's show, a caller named Dave, who has been featured heavily this week, has, from what some are saying, had a counselling session live on air. Rachel Scragg, a local, says she is furious at the presenters for changing their much-loved format. 
Whilst another local listener, Craig Elson, tells me he's been feeling the same and it has encouraged him to seek help this very morning. Whether you agree or disagree with what our very own dynamic duo have done, it has certainly raised a few questions. We'll have a statement from Bick and Hole Radio's owner later. Speak to you, Barbara. Fuck my life. Shit, hello, Rosie Barfield? Hi. Hi, Declan. Yeah, I've just heard, yeah. Okay, sure, this afternoon? Yeah, well, I have the show at uh, eight anyway. Now? Yeah? Neil? I'm not sure now. Yeah, I'll see if I can grab him. Okay. Cheers. Fuckity, fuck, shitbags, fuck! Hello? Have you had a call? From the office? <sighs> Did you hear the news? No, the actual news? Well, not it's knocking around and apparently the whole town is pissed. They want our fucking heads. For helping Dave? Now fucking Eveson is pissed. He is? He just called me. You don't know that? He never calls. He's pissed. Anyway, five o'clock at the station, he wants a meeting. You too. Look, I have to go to the police station, don't I? Yeah, all right. Bye. Ah, the man I wanted to see, Mr. Folding, take a seat. Your um, counterpart not with you? The cane to your Abel, the uh, Willoughby to your Schofield? Uh, she's on her way. I'm surprised she's not here yet, actually. Uh, she's full of surprises. As it seems are you, partly the reason I asked to see you both. Yes, Rosie had explained a little. Did she? That's good of her. Well, as it seems we may be waiting for some time for her, I'll begin. Oh, I'll call her. It's it's no problem. I have a tight schedule to keep, Neil. I hadn't factored in this meeting today, and I have a million and one other things to be getting on with. Shall I start? Sorry, Declan. Sorry. Please be seated, Miss Barfield. As you're both here now, I'll make a start. Now, you two are audio legends. Gods amongst the pantheons! Bick and Hole Radio Royalty! Your listeners love you, and for that, we love you. Because we love you, our sponsors love you. And when our sponsors love you, you are kept in a job. That's the way it works, my friends. Your listeners, your people, hold everything in its place. Rosie, who is Pol Pot? The guy you want, Britain's got talent. Neil, who is Pol Pot? Um, the Cambodian Prime Minister who was responsible for the death of a million of his own people, I think. It was 1.7 million, nearly 2 million, but well done, yeah. You could say he was making a killing. What stopped him, anyone? He was overthrown. Yes, denounced. By who, do you know? His own followers. Precisely. Hitler, Salazar, Mubarak, Gaddafi, Hussein, once at the top of the pile, all toppled by their own people. Look, if this is to do with last night's show, I can explain. You think my station and my shows need explaining to me? I think what she's trying to say is that we had the duty to help this guy. He came to us, he contacted the show himself. 
As you must have heard, you would know that he said he's desperately low right now. Low? The only thing that's low from where I stand is the standard of your show and the ratings that follow. People around here aren't interested in poor, poor me. They're interested in poor, poor me another. Well, do people not matter then? Those who actually need us. Would you rather us blot out the desperate, the sick, the helpless, in favour of the absurd and the downright balmy? Your show was built on the foundations of balmy, boy. That's what we pay you to do. That's what the people want. You pay us to provide a service to the local community, and we have done that. Dave is a member of that community, is he not? I'm disappointed in your stance on this, Neil. Coming from national radio as you do, you must know how this works. I'm proud of my career, and I am proud of this show. What it was, and what it is. And presumably what it will be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Excellent. So... You help this guy. Callers protest, which they're doing, and switch off, which they're also doing. And the show fails. And because he hasn't got an audience, he kills himself. You're to blame. Isn't that manslaughter? That is ridiculous. So we can't help him now because he's at risk. Do not underestimate people and what they're capable of! (coughs) Or expect anything from anyone. Look at all that Jeremy Kyle shit. He started off like you guys on radio. A call-in format radio show like yours. A slippery, slippery slope. I knew he would. I told him he would on the golf course. He licked his golf balls clean as I spoke to him. And what happens? Somebody decides to kill themselves because they feel used and violated. The same goes for that Love Island tripe. Well, those shows don't help anyone. Ours will. That's not what the people think. They're calling for us to ITV your ass. Sakya. We have a contract. I am fully aware, that's why you're here. Fortunately for you, this is not ITV. But I am not fucking around, and I will not lose listeners for the sake of your activism, socialism, cultural Marxism, whatever the fuck your agenda is. If this guy tops himself, it's completely on you. I'll make sure of that. I'll do anything to protect this station. So you'd do well to go and get him some... Proper hell. Rosie, you find a doctor, tell him to come on the show tomorrow. Neil, douse the flames, hold back the resistance, tell them it's temporary. You have 24 hours. And then? You nip this in the bud by week's end. (laughs) Or you're gone. You are a monster. I have every right... Right or wrong, this is the way it is. We're not going to have enough time. Doctors are busy people. You have this evening. We have our show. No, you don't. I'm sorry, but the sponsors wanted you gone. I met them halfway, so it's suspension for this evening. Desmond Johnny will be taking your slot. I suggest you sort this out. And fast. I'm not having this. This is all wrong. Tell it to the boss. Oh, wait! I'm the boss. So suck it. Rosie, wait up! Rosie, wait up! I don't want to be anywhere near him or this place right now. Look, I know. What did they say at the police station? What? Oh, the usual crap. That's not important now, though, is it? Really? Don't you fucking start. I'm not starting. I thought you handled that in there brilliantly. What are we going to do? This is all too much. It's totally unfair. I was this close to booting off then. I know, but you didn't. I mean, the old Rosie would have. Old Rosie? And what of the new Rosie? Well, right now, 
She'll take her friends by the arm. Then they'll walk out of here with pride and find themselves a questionably stained seat in the pub where they shall sit, have a drink, and work this all out. Okay? Which pub? The Popeye's Arms. It's your round. (laughs) Come on. Dead in here, isn't it? No, this is everyone. Oh, well, nearly everyone. He didn't want to save us, did he? Look at him, polishing that glass and looking me dead in the eye. I don't look at him. He'll eat us alive. Why did we come in here? Oh, because I thought we'd be safer in a place like this. Christ, if this is safer, then what's waiting for us out there? Are we going to discuss what happened today? We know what happened today. We got Bollock for helping out a caller. We need to find him immediate help before he tops himself. His life is in our hands and I don't even fucking like people. That's what Eveson would have you believe. But it's not, is it? We still have the power here. He could have asked us there and then, but he admits that Dave needs further help and where to find it. By tomorrow, yes, but we will. I'm sure of it. But then what? Well, then we go back to how it was. You don't want that, though, do you? (sighs) No, this week's been so unbelievable, and it's only Wednesday. I was not prepared for this. I thought... On Monday, I knew who I was and what I was doing. But I don't think I do. Now, listening to Dave this week and, and seeing how others have treated him, treated us, is, is not what I signed up for. Now, maybe the world is a different place now than what it was when I started doing all this, and not for the better either. Can I actually continue to provide a public service to those who want to lynch me for wanting to help someone? Is that really where we are as a society? I just don't think I can anymore. I think we've both been thrown under the bus here, mate. I don't say it often. Well, not at all, but... You've always said the right things at the right time. And now you're saying all of this? You lost your love for the show. I should be mad at you, because this is my career. On Monday, I didn't give a shit about what people thought about me. I didn't care about a guy who had tweeted in saying he needed help, did I? I have only ever been disgusted with myself once before. And today, I feel it again. I don't think I'm the same person that I was on Monday. And it's fucking frightening. I'm scared. I don't think I've ever, ever said that before, out loud. But you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, I get that. You know, I've I've beaten myself up a lot for not knowing or perhaps not wanting to know the reason I'm here. You know, it is frightening when you finally wake up and see through all the bullshit for the first time. It's scary how much you miss. 
Now, I think we've had an easy run with this. If this is the end, I mean, let's face it, we've sat on our backsides getting paid a decent wage, and what do we do? We mock, belittle and sensationalise those around us for our own entertainment. And there's... It's ironic that only now they're offended. It's so hard sometimes, isn't it? To keep going and keep doing the right thing, the decent thing when everyone's telling you you're wrong. I thought I was a campaigner for free speech. I still am, if it's fundamentally right. Um, thank you. Oh, uh, sorry, we didn't order these. Still not talking to us then, I see. Do you think it's cyanide? <laughs> More likely to be rehypnol from him. It's not rehypnol. No, wait there. I'll go check. Be careful. Uh, hi, um, these drinks, we didn't order these. No shit. I'm sorry, I'm not drinking them if you won't tell me where they came from. So, you do have some sense. I'll leave them, thanks. They're from that guy, sat in a corner, if you must know. Detective. The guy in the black coat? Does he know me? Did he say anything to you? I should imagine everyone knows about you and your friend. He's not been coming here long. It's quiet, though. That suits me. Okay. Thanks. Before you go, your friend... The Doxy. Is she, uh, attached? Ah, yeah. Yes, sorry, I'm... I'm her boyfriend. You? Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell him to come and find you first, then. Sorry, what? Just pop into the box. When all is lost, I will find you. Specialising in acceptance and commitment therapy. Contact me today. Councillor Joyce Logan of Think Hull Hospital. I like to tap that up. Oh, thank God. Sit. What's going on? Is there something you're not telling me? What about? Well, the landlord, he says you two have a mutual friend. I think it's that guy sat over there. Do you know him? Black coat. No. I wish I did, though. He looks all right. Rosie, please be serious. Do you know him? Think. Think. Yes! Look at what I just found in the cars here. Shit, he's looking over. Don't. Look. See, look. Look. He's talking to the landlord. Oh, he's leaving. Oh. Is there a back door to this place? What's got into you? Oh, we have got to go. Oh, my stomach is in knots. You know I have a sixth sense for this stuff. I'm not going anywhere until I've finished my Kahlua. Oh, he's going to be waiting outside for me. I know it. Oh, shit. Nice chap. Just told me some interesting things about you two. I didn't believe him, though. Smells a bit like bullshit to me. Anyway, 
The beers were to say thank you, apparently. You did him a favour or some shit. He told me to give you this. What? What's it say? It's a phone number. I knew he liked me. Oh, Rosie, please. Look, there's something on the back. Dave! Welcome to Think. When all is lost, we will find you. Please leave your name and number and a member of the team will be in touch shortly. If you require immediate help, please call 999. Hello, Miss Logan. My name is Rosie Barfield. I host a show on Bickenhall Radio. I'm looking for a mental health professional to come on here and chat to a gentleman. He's having a bit of an hard time and we have to get someone else involved. Please give me a call back as soon as you can. Thank you. Interesting. Hello, dear. Is that Rosie? It's Joyce Logan returning your call. I have received your message. It's loud and clear to me. I can be there this evening. Uh, what time would you like me there? Okay, I'll be there. God bless. Yeehaw! Are you struggling to get those doctor's appointment? Are you there finding it hard to pay those damn medical bills? Good. Welcome to Alabama Care, new to the UK. So, have you made the call? Yes, yeah, she'll be here. She has the hottest accent. You'll love it. Oh, will I? What about Dave? Yeah, he knows. It feels kind of weird being sat here again. It feels... different. Yeah, it feels like we've been booted out of the school assembly. Do you remember that feeling? Sat there, just waiting for the teacher to come and give us a royal bollocking. <laughs> you have no idea what I'm talking about, do you? Yeah. No, you don't. I bet you were in the school choir and brought your own sandwiches in a lunchbox. <laughs> oh, what's wrong with that? Hey, we recorded a CD once. Why don't you play it? Well, I could try and find I it. I was joking. Oh. Pick and hold radio. Better than sex. Most probably. You're listening to Bick and Hole Radio, and you're in the greenhouse with Rosie Barfield, and yours truly, Neil Folding. We're on the fence right now with your tweets. So, we have at Tokyo Hair, who says, Bick and Hole will host its first ever drag queen, What's the Tea and Coffee Morning, next week at the Cafetiere Bick Lane. Hashtag Chicks with Bicks. Apply now, queers. Oh, I hate the word queer. What's wrong with it? Well, it's not odd, is it, to be gay or strange to want to dress up as a lady, as a matter of fact. I wondered if you'd still be of that opinion if the landlord down the Popeyes wanted to join in. That is the only exception. But even that makes me sound judgmental. It's a slippery slope. Let's just leave alienating the gays till next week. If there is an X week. What if there isn't? I'm actually not asked. I should be, but I'm just not. In the Uber on the way home from the pub last night, the driver, Victor, he said that he listens to our show every night on the job. He was actually lost because we weren't on. 
Lee sure he wasn't just lost. Where was the last time an Uber driver knew where they were going? True. Got me thinking now. That's one guy out of thousands. Are we forgettable? I mean, will they even remember us? No. Well, if nothing else, this little experiment will be interesting. Oh, by the way, Eveson wants you to read this out. What's this? This is shit! I know. Yes, indeed. Welcome to another evening in the greenhouse. Apologies to those expecting to hear our dulcet tones last night. We do hope that our favourite octogenarian, Desmond Johnny, filled the void you experienced in our absence. But alas, we were sent on a bit of a mission. Now, as you are aware, this week we have tried to help our caller Dave, who came to us at the beginning of the week. He told us he's been having a few issues. As much as we felt we could help, you, the listeners, didn't. We apologise for this. Here at Bickenhall Radio, we pride ourselves on our... excellent standards. And despite causing upset, we have a duty of care to ensure that Dave gets the help he needs. Therefore, we have enlisted the help of... professionals... And after the week's end, we will return to our normal format. After the break, we'll be joined in the studio by Joyce Logan of Charity Think, Hall General's resident centre for mental health, specialising in acceptance and commitment therapy, or ACT. Joyce will be talking about ACT and chatting to Dave very soon, back in five. Oh, no other fucking man makes me seethe as much as he does. That's a lie. Maybe one other. Who's that then? Your father? Who? That prick? Nah. Someone I used to know. Someone who needs to stay the fuck away right now. Okay. Right. You go. I'll call Dave. You're listening to Bickenhole Radio. The Martin Galliott Project prevents suicides, breaks down stigmas and supports families in the North West. The project has been funded by the National Lottery to deliver applied suicide intervention skills training to families at risk of suicide in the area. The project was founded following my father's suicide in 2017 and encompasses all of the support that we perceive to be lacking at the time. The Martin Galliott Project truly creates suicide safer communities. For more info, please visit galliahouse.co.uk. Welcome back. That was our pre-recorded message from Jess Gallia of the Martin Gallia Project in the Whittle. Recorded for us especially. Thank you, Jess. This week, it seems purely by accident, really. We've been focusing on mental health issues and we've been chatting to Dave, who contacted us on Monday. It's been quite a whirlwind of a week for us all. And we're joined on the line now by Dave. Dave, how are you doing, hon? Hi, Rosie. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm okay. I'm glad you're feeling okay. And you're okay to do this, yeah? Yeah, fine. Wonderful. 
We're joined in the studio by Joyce Logan, who's kindly given up her own time this evening. Now, Joyce, you work for the charity Think. Can you tell us more about you and your work, please? It's so inspiring to be here. Thank you for your invitation and glorious introduction. Yes, my name is Joyce Logan. I have been in this profession for some time and have seen many faces. In a group session, we discuss our individual problems and work as a group to share experiences, thoughts and love. To help those who need it, and we do. All of us. It sounds like an incredible project. Now, I've been doing a bit of research. Am I right in saying that one in four people in the UK experience mental health problems, with one in six reporting mental health issues every week? That's high, isn't it? Very high, Rosie. It's incredible. Even though the number of people reporting mental health issues hasn't dramatically changed, our lifestyles, our technologies and the world around us has. We are seeing a concerning increase in self-harm and suicide. It's all about coping these days, it seems, or not coping. It really is very worrying. How did you get to where you are today? And correct me if I'm wrong, but people must put their lives in your hands every day. That's a huge responsibility. How do you cope with that? And forgive me for asking, how are you qualified to take that on? I think people should be transparent when offering help. I guess it can be easier to gain respect for those who can see through you and vice versa. Sadly, though, respect is one of those words that appears very little in mental health. Attitudes seem to have changed. These statistics are there, but it is not reflected in funding, awareness or support from those who should offer it. All of which makes respect very difficult from all sides. I have suffered with mental health problems. As I grew older, I began to struggle to understand life and why things happen. And I lost respect in everything. Everything that had lost respect for me. How did you overcome that? You don't. In my experience, you learn to carry it with you through the ups and downs of life. I say to my group, depression grows older with you. It lives in you. You feed it, water it, and like a flower, it it becomes larger and more beautiful in time. It wilts, yet it returns. The best example I can give is... Imagine you have to hold a cactus in your hands forever, taking it with you wherever you go, whatever you do. Difficult? Yes. Impossible? No. The solution? Learn how to hold the cactus less tightly. Do you know what? What you're saying is spot on. Learning to deal with a few pricks is easy when you know how. Speaking of which, we've received quite a bit of negative feedback this week. How do you keep going through such negativity and adversity? It's a problem I see increasingly in my work and it never fails to upset me and it makes my blood boil from time to time. The way I see it is that if you hurt, abuse or ridicule anyone who suffers with mental health issues, you are the lowest common denominator. And you insult me personally, which isn't a wise choice. You insult everyone because every single one of us hurts at some point, some granted more than others. 
Men especially struggle to cope with their feelings. Masculinity is a mask. Bob the Builder, with your loose attitude to women and your children, grow up. For your children's sake, if not for yours, you are covering. You will hurt others because you can't face hurt yourself. People fear what they don't understand. As we know, this is how things like Brexit occur. Encouraging those to feel when they are afraid to is what I do. If you know what it feels like to feel alone in a room full of your friends, you know how it feels. If you know what it's like to feel physically sick to the stomach with shame at the sight of your own naked body, then you know pain. You talk so passionately, Dr. Joyce. Oh, I am not a doctor. They won't let me be. Okay, um, we're going to take a break and we'll get Dave on to chat with you. That okay? Back after this. Only the crumbliest, flakiest radio. Pick and hold radio. Thank you, thank you so much. You're welcome. You know, if you wanted to get anything off your chest, you can open up to me if you need to. Me? <laughs> I'm fine. That's what they all say. Welcome back. We have a very special guest with us here this evening, Dr. Joyce Logan of Think. And now we have another. Dave Hun, welcome back. Hello. Hi. Hello, Dave, dear. I've heard a lot about you from your friends Rosie and Neil, and you've caused quite a stir. May I be the first to congratulate you? <laughs> Thank you as well for coming back. It can be difficult. I just want to start by saying that what you are doing is very brave on a public platform like this and deserves acknowledgement. Please be as open and honest as you can. Are you currently safe, Dave? No thoughts of self-harm or harm to others at the moment? Uh, no, no, no. You've had these thoughts before, though? Have you considered ending your life, Dave? <sighs> yes. I think about death. Quite a lot. It's a concept I can't quite grasp. Death is a fact of life, Dave. Therefore, not an idea or a theory or, as you say, a concept. This may be a source of some of the issues you have. Have you experienced loss, Dave? You could say that. If you can, can you tell us in your own time and your own words, tell me what you think you've lost? Well... I've lost everything. I had a good job, but I lost that because I needed to give it up to look after my mother. She's disabled. Are you getting the right support with that, Dave? It can be very stressful. If by support you mean having to constantly fight so-called medical professionals just so my mother has some sort of dignity left then yes some of us in this field still run efficiently dave our hearts are still in the right place and the reason we do this hasn't changed despite current issues affecting our services i do understand your frustration though 
But we digress. Have you lost anyone in particular, Dave? Well, I recently moved here to be closer to Mum, so I've lost my friends. Not that many of them have really understood the way I've been feeling. It's difficult to discuss any of this with them. Now that they all have wives and lives, busy, you know. Friendship is important, Dave. You are more than welcome to join my group. We are a spirited bunch. And, of course, you have made friends in this very studio as well. Tell me, do you have a partner, Dave? Uh, no. I did. But it wasn't to be. In fact, it wasn't meant to be quite a few times. Have you had a long history of non-commitment, then? I don't think it's a commitment issue. In fact, I think I wear my heart openly on my sleeve for whoever wants to peg at it when it comes to love. I have been hurt by women who don't understand my depression. One actually said to me, she wasn't going to be my shrink. You know, it's funny. I can't recall asking her to be. I guess. I haven't always been like that, though. Yeah, I've made mistakes. Not been proud of my actions. I was acting out, I guess. Sounds to me like you are afraid of being on your own. Would you agree? Absolutely. We'll revisit that again, but... Is there anyone else you've lost, Dave? I guess I'd have to say... Myself, really. I've lost... Me. I wondered when you were going to start talking about you, Dave. What you feel and what you think. You do seem lost... Those who struggle to talk about themselves often have a lot they need to say. The same works in reverse. I'm really not that interesting. May I, Dr Joyce? Dave, you have caught attention this week and you've divided an entire listener base. You have the whole hall hooked, my friends. Indeed, little victories are still victories, Dave. Now, going back... You said that you feel you've lost you. What's missing in you, Dave? Oh, boy. Well, it's tricky to um, get it all out, really, but I'll give it a go. About eight years ago, I had a good job, a flat, a girlfriend. Life seem to be going somewhere for want. What everyone wants, I guess. I was comfortable. Well, at least I pretended I was. My, my partner was a musician, a singer. She played gigs locally, went in for music competitions, etc. And I wrote songs for her 
we were now Lennon and McCartney, but I tried to put these feelings I had into the songs. I wrote about us in an idealised sort of way. She had no idea. She'd go and play these songs about us whilst I sat at home waiting for her to come home. She didn't like me being at her gigs. I made her nervous. My life soon started to fall apart when I couldn't share her successes with her, attend events with her, or even be with her as she was just so busy all the time. That's when I truly felt lost. I spent most evenings alone, and there's nothing worse than being alone and bored. The mind wanders. My mind turned against me. I tried to tell her. Hell, I wrote how I felt in songs for her in the hope I'd get through. But the songs were awful. You know what guys are like in expressing their thoughts? I found myself getting angrier and less involved in the relationship. She used our home as a hotel, really. She didn't respect how I felt. She, she had an ability to make me angrier than anyone ever has before since. Her blasé attitude pissed me off. I don't know whether she didn't fully understand how I felt or she just didn't care. Either way, I just couldn't handle it. A deeply rooted insecurity set in, a jealousy, lack of trust, call it what you will. I felt like I was floating away from it, from my home, from everything we had while she was swimming towards her dreams. We, we separated for a while. I stayed in the flat. She moved back in with her parents. And during certain conjugal visits, we'd soon argue and fight. I never hit her. I didn't. I destroyed my own home, smashed it to bits. Every time. It was clear it just didn't work. So I started seeing other people. Met someone through work and she showed me what I was missing in my relationship and what I needed what I knew I needed all along it was all going well until predictably I was ordered back to the flat by the all too familiar voice when I got there she had a smile on her face that I hadn't seen for a while. I didn't trust it either. She sat me down, took my hand and placed it on her stomach. At first, I was enraged with 
jealousy because she was my girl. How dare someone do this to her? How dare she do this to me? I knew that I was being hypocritical. I knew I couldn't argue my innocence. I tried, though, and failed. In that split second, even though I was engulfed by anger and resentment, I realised I didn't want her. I just didn't want anyone else to have her, which, of course, they had. Like so many other times in my life, though, I was completely wrong. I... I was the father. My world changed in that moment, and it's never changed back. I felt sick, euphoric, then sick again, because deep down I didn't love her, and I didn't think she loved me. We both laughed and cried a lot. I felt stupid for crying, but I know now why I was crying so much. As the weeks went by, we got closer again. But she became quite sick. She would cancel plans and not show up because she had this terrible morning sickness which had rendered her housebound. And she had to stop working. I couldn't see her. Because her parents hated me. Not only for what they'd so obviously heard about me, but they'd also gotten wind of me seeing someone else. The not knowing just killed me. Every day. I had the responsibility for her and our little life, which I couldn't take. I wanted to. God knows. I was getting about 150 to 200 messages from her a day. A day! Some were really rather beautiful and some really weren't. She was in turmoil mentally and physically. I knew that. But the relentless guilt she made me feel mixed with feelings of protectiveness and love was such a mind fuck. You know? From wanting to bring our beautiful baby into this world with my help in one minute to calling me stupid and irresponsible for doing this to her the next. She was utterly exhausting. I didn't dare ask what she wanted to do. If this was what she really wanted, I was petrified of the answer. On one of her good days, we had been invited to a friend's house. He and his wife had just celebrated the birth of their own child, and I remember him telling me that there was nothing like it. Nothing. My mate was so happy for me and wanted to offer us an evening of baby time, I guess. Holding it, talking to it, changing its nappy, all to prepare us. You know, as she held his little boy awkwardly and uncomfortably, my heart just 
sunk. I could see it in her eyes. She didn't want to be there. And I knew she didn't want to be a mother. On the way home, I asked her why she was like that, even though I knew the answer. She told me, without any remorse or reservation, that if she was to have our baby, then it would mean I'd be in her life forever. What she didn't know was that at the flat, our flat, I bought her a gift, a teddy bear, little booties, and a card for her, telling her how much she and her tiny, beautiful, precious cargo meant to me. I got out of the car, and she just drove off. I didn't see her for some time. Of course, the messages kept coming until one day they stopped. In itself, this was unsettling. The silence was deafening to me. I got home from work quite late that day. I was making myself some tea and the front door started to open I ran into the hallway and saw her just standing there frozen I remember she was silhouetted against the sun streaming through the window but she looked as if she'd been caught in the rain She stumbled towards me. She had no energy at all to walk or talk. The strength of character and her resilience in being herself was the quality I fell for. And hated in equal measures. Now she stood before me, beaten. My mind began to race. Confusion, worry panic I lost all sense of time and space and with a shuddering screaming wailing realization I could sense that there were only two of us in that hallway and not three the pain I felt that night I cannot describe I felt so utterly utterly torn between suffering and compassion for her who'd had to go through so much that day I wasn't even there I wasn't even there to save my little baby Dave I'm so Sorry. Excuse me. I cannot imagine how you feel, Dave. My son is seven years old and I would be lost without him. That story is beautiful and 
tragic. My heart bleeds for you. That right there is where you've been holding on to for so long. It will never leave you. You'll just learn to take it with you. No. I'm sorry. I've never really talked about it before. Never apologize, Dave. It's who you are. Infant loss and child bereavement are so painful. Life is so unfair sometimes. I guess the only consolation is that you had each other and that you both worked together to get through this difficult time in both your lives. Well, not, not but exactly. Not exactly, Dave. What happened? Well, after we talked for a while, she left. She said she needed a family around her. I didn't want her to leave. I knew I couldn't handle it on my own. And I, I was right. I don't remember much about that night, really. But what I do re remember is burned into my memory. I just could not calm down. It was like I was possessed with grief. I'd gotten used to the idea of the three of us having a lifetime of memories together. But... It was gone. All of it. You mentioned her family and that she wanted to be with them. Did you find solace in your family too, Dave? Uh, no. My family didn't know she was pregnant. They were very traditional and... We weren't married, so they wouldn't have approved. I've never been able to be honest with my family about a lot in my life, really. I'm sorry to hear that. How long did the relationship last, Dave, after the loss of the baby? As she had to stop work for a while and I'd lost my job because they wouldn't give me enough time off, we had to give notice on the flat. She moved out and went back to her parents. I just didn't have that option. So the only place I could afford was a shared house. Which was worse than this, where I live now. It felt as if it was a haven for the helpless. My housemates all had their reasons for being there. To, to go from comfortable and even privileged, perhaps to destitute, was hard. On top of everything else... 
she used to visit a lot. We even talked about trying again. Stupid, really. Why was that stupid, Dave? Well, one evening she came around and she offered to cook dinner. I was in my room. As I only had one room and she was in the kitchen, a text came through on her phone from a friend of her mother, of whom she was very close. As the screen lit up on the bed, he said, Have you told him yet? My mind began to race, as it so easily does. When she returned, I acted for a short while as if I hadn't seen anything, giving her the chance to bring it up. She didn't. I thought up until that point that we were in this together, and that we shared a mutual loss and a shared pain. I I wasn't prepared for what she was about to say. She told me that her friend who'd texted her was asking to see if she told me the truth about what had happened the day our baby died. She told me that on that day, having known for some time that she'd had enough with how awful the sickness was making her feel. She had pre-booked an emergency termination. As it turned out, her mum's friend had taken her personally. She told me that her mum had paid for it on her credit card. The betrayal was inconceivable. I had invited her back into my life after both suffering the same pain, but it wasn't. She was suffering guilt at what she had done and failed to even discuss it with me. Again, it's a blur in my memory, but I remember feeling dangerously angry. I told her to leave. I needed her to, because I'm ashamed to admit it, but it was the first time I thought about hitting her, hurting her, hurting them all. How dare they? Take my child away from me. Who gave them all the right to decide my child's right to live or to die? A life for a life, I thought. It was pain on top of pain on top of pain. So I hurt myself instead, as I intend to do. That is not what I expected to hear, Dave. You do know, though, and I know you understand, that it is the mother's body 
therefore the mother's right. I know that's not what you want to hear, and I imagine you've heard it a lot. In no way, though, am I condoning the way in which she did this. If there are two of you in this, and you are a part of a relationship that could bring someone wonderful into this world as adults, as grown-ups, you need to discuss it together. It's one of the most important decisions anyone can make. It shouldn't be made in isolation. So I feel your anger and betrayal. It's obviously made a difficult situation even harder. How did you deal with it? <laughs> How do you deal with it? The idea that your ex-partner and her family will go as far as killing your baby just to get you out of their lives. I didn't know I was that bad a person. But I must be. Right? <sighs> I... I drank heavily. I had to. I couldn't afford to, but I did. I slept around. I, as if that's some terrible hardship. But I realise now, though, that I had no self-respect or respect for anyone I met. If you act like a monster, you will become a monster. And I did. When I realised I did, I raided my housemates, the pill drawer. It was like a walking boots pharmacy, and I took what I could see. Life just wasn't the same, and I didn't like it. You took an overdose? Yes. A girl I had started seeing was concerned about me, so she called the police. I was furious. I didn't want the fuss. I just wanted some peace. I often wonder where she is now. She really did care. Maybe she could have saved me from all this. In the police car, the two officers ran my name through the system and they were surprised that they couldn't find anything on me. I was in a bad way. They took me to get my stomach pumped and left me outside to recover, I guess. A doctor came to check on me and he walked me to his room. I remember him saying to me, You look like a sensible guy. Why are you here? I was so numb and so exhausted I, I didn't have the energy to explain why. He then said, and this may be the one sentence I will remember forever. He said, it's a Friday night. We are busy. We don't have time for this. Then he turned to me and said, would you like to go to... A&E, I can show you hundreds of people fighting for their lives 
and many won't survive. They want to live. And then there's you. And you want to die. Maybe he thought I was so out of it that I wouldn't remember. But how can you forget that? To be made to feel guilty when you already feel so useless for not achieving what you set out to do is heinous. They just let me go. They let me walk over a fucking dual carriageway, over a bridge. But, <laughs> I got home. I'm not even sure how. I had those ECG electrode things still stuck to my chest and arms. I should have just ended it. The more I think about that doctor and what he said to me, it just destroys me. How little he thought of me. Should have saved everyone the bother, including you guys. Dave, we are here to help. And yes, from the way you tell it, that was a very poor choice of words. It should have been handled better. He would have been okay though, wouldn't he? If I had died, he wouldn't have given a shit. You must understand, Dave. Doctors... Don't give me that bullshit! These people have a responsibility, and like everyone else has, they too let me down. Rosie, you have oh, to... Mate. I've got to talk to you. You can always talk to me. You know that. Fuck, I'm just so scared. I feel... Dave has hung up. He's not taking it well. He was very angry. Shit, we got dead air. Rosie, come on. Fuck. Hello? Yes, um, can you get Linda for me? Thanks. Linda, I wasn't able to help him. It's all gone wrong. Thank you, Dr. Logan. And to Dave, of course. We're trying to get hold of him. Uh, if you're listening, Dave, I hope you're okay. Um, tell you what, let's go to the phones. Really? Yes, line one. Boycott Vic and Hole Radio! Line two. Hello, are you on the air? Hello? My daughter listens to your show every evening whilst doing her homework, and she's just told me that she hasn't done it this evening because she's too depressed. Depressed, for Christ's sake. She's 12 years old. If I have to take my daughter to counselling, you're getting the bill. <sighs> Line three. Who do we have? Uh, my name's John. I'd, I'd just like to ask, I mean, just as a fan of the show, I'm, what's going on? This isn't the greenhouse, is it? Respectfully, John, I disagree. You do? It's a shambles. Even Dave's gone to kill himself. John! Like the rest of I think we better leave it there. Thank you, John. Uh, in fact, John? Hello, John? John's gone. The show's over. What? We did what you asked us to do? I respectfully disagree. You had... One more chance. I suggest you both leave. I've showed your friend out. Uh, we have a contract. No, you don't. Now get... out. Radio for when you're out of time. Pick and hole radio.
game, Rosie. Could you give me a call back, hon? I just wanted to check you're all right. He's not answering. Rosie? I don't know where you ran off to. I'm worried about you. We need to talk. Ethan, you wanker! You told me you were going to sort this out! Just checking you got rid of them all! Give me a call! Dr. Logan? It's, um, Rosie. Rosie Barfield. Didn't get a chance to say thanks. Or goodbye. Um, and I can only apologise for whatever was said to you on the way out. I'm really concerned about Dave. He isn't answering me calls. Just wondering exactly what he said to you. Um, I'm going to check the pub now. I know he drinks there. If he makes contact, could you let me know? Thank you, and... Um, also, could we... Wait, I have another call coming in. Bye. Dave? It's Neil from the radio. Um, could you give me a call, please? I just want to know if you're safe and that you're okay. Joyce told me you'd hung up earlier. I hope all's well. Please call back. Bye. Rosie, babe. Give me a call, please. I know you don't want to see me, but... But I know it's... It's okay, I... I know. You, you didn't mean to send me down. You told me you didn't give any evidence. And I know I've not treated you right, babe, but... I need to see you. I'm going to make my way over to yours now, okay? I need to see you, babe. I miss you so much. Neil, where the fuck are you? Look, I asked him, you can I come to yours? Call me back. Hello, um, Miss Logan? Neil here. Um, I, I wanted to ask if I could chat to you about something rather delicate. And when you have time, please. I, I can't keep living a lie like this. I guess I've been inspired to speak out. Not even my friends... My best friend knows who I am. I'm sorry. Um, could you call me back? Thank you so much. Hello? Doctor, it's Rosie again. Sorry. I still can't get hold of Dave. I need to chat to you as soon as possible as well. I guess, hearing you talk and hearing Dave, I just have to say it out loud to someone. I had a really, really bad abusive ex years ago. He hospitalised me and broke me ribs and he left me for dead. He was put away. I didn't want that to happen because I loved him. 
Now he's out, and I'm petrified. Sorry. Let me just. Oh God. Hello. Oh. I see. I was afraid this would happen. Yes, of, of course. I will let them all know. Goodbye. <laughs> if you've been affected by any issues raised in this episode, or if you're finding it hard to cope, Please don't suffer in silence. We know how difficult it can be, and sometimes how impossible it seems to open up and talk. But by doing so, you could find the help you need, and it could save your life. Please research local advice hubs, community groups, and NHS initiatives in your area that will listen, advise, and support you through whatever you're going through. Alternatively, reach out to us directly. Contact us through social media. And get involved with the hashtag. We are all Dave to share your story. You have been listening to Fenella Fudge, Claudia Greer, Alan Lear, Curtis Ledsham, Nadia Lee, Richard Oliver, James Phillips, Michael Prosper, Hannah Thompson, Ashley Tyler, and David Tyson. Fifty Shades of Dave was written and produced by David Lee and recorded at Material Studios, Liverpool, and has been made possible with the help from the Martin Gallia Project and Involve Northwest. Thank you for listening.